This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 215, Christmas Gifts to Favorite Characters. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Welcome to a special holiday episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm sitting here by a nice warm fire with chestnuts roasting upon it. It's an open fire. And I'm (laughs) sitting here with Evan. uh, That is true. By the the fire. I am here. Are are your pants on fire in there? Is that Uh, what it is? That's how open this fire is. Yeah. (laughs) I totally got my pants in on it. So, also there's Steve. <laughs> Steve, Steve sitting over there to the to the side. So not not burning at all. There's low light. Did you just call me a low life? I did not. Low Unbelievable. light. Unbelievable. You guys heard that, didn't you? The lighting is subdued. And there's yeah, I'm some dude. I'm just some dude oh, to you. Yes, yes. You are this, just this episode is this episode is going very poorly. I, I think All of a that you are a low life dude. You are losing your Christmas cheer, Steve. You are losing your Christmas cheer. Don't. I, I just. I just. Don't scrooge out on us, man. You know what you need, just, Steve. You need those new hipster beard lights that I saw. You can now. <laughs> you can now put Christmas lights nope. in your beard. No, no, I don't. You know what I do need, though. I think is is maybe. To to get me back into that that good Christmas cheer, maybe I I have to be in a giving mood. So maybe I think, you know, maybe putting myself in a mental mood to give. I think maybe maybe we could we could do an episode of like what we would give characters, like other fictional beings. What would we give them for Christmas? Other fictional beings, Steve? You know, are, like you saying, are you saying are you saying that I am a fictional being? Is that what you're saying? I yeah. am. Then Steve. on our cover art, you are clearly a cartoon person, and I'm sitting in front That's of right. you right now, and it's the same thing. Yeah. So. Pretty cartoonish, yeah, <laughs> angular. You know, Steve, but that's a great idea. That is a that is a splendid idea. What gifts would we give to fictional characters that we appreciate? Well, I have to start this out by giving every single fictional character that ever was that ever lived the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation and the the, the <laughs> hope for salvation. So if there we can is. get that out of the way, I would I would want them to repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. That's a given. This is a Christian podcast. But it's also a podcast about other things. So <laughs> well, obviously here... that's what we would want for everybody as being Christian. But this is going to be a little extra thing on top of it for a couple of our favorites or a couple of the people that we think might deserve you know something a little bit extra from us you know steve you have illustrated what i call the slater principle and evan you would know that name dave slater uh the name that's on one of the dorms at bethel where you live yes yes uh he died before you were a student there i heard about that but we would go to movies together all the time he and my friend chris and there's certain movies he would go to and he'd come out and he'd just be like, man, that person, this movie would have never happened if that person just would know Jesus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a principle that I think of 
often when you're watching something, you're just like, yeah, you know what? If that person I just like knew that. Jesus, this yeah. whole movie would have never happened. Amen. Yeah. And they would have been a lot better off. Yep. I like that. Slater principle. The Slater principle. Not A.C. Slater from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> no. Dave Slater. Principle, uh, J- Janet Jackson. No, you know, no, 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 no. No, definitely no. not that. Um, All right. Although he was a fan of of, of Janet well, Jackson, he was a fan of the Jacksons. Mm. So, and not the uh, not Principal Skinner from the. We're getting way yeah, off we're getting, track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to open this up. Wait, Steve, so you've already you've already done one of your five, right? No, I didn't. Did I? Well, that was, you just did one, right? Well, that was that was the big that was the underlying. Everyone gets. You know, the, right. the so you, hope you've given a present to every single person in the fictional universe, even though you can't technically give so you, salvation. You, well, every single fictional universe I've given a present to. Yes. So. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, what I'm asking you, Steve, is because you you've got five, right? I have at least five. OK. <laughs> so you have more than five? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Steve, you were the one who told us to do five. I know, but you know what? I I talked to my family and I got a couple of ideas. <laughs> He's a generous that, man, Ben. I guess I there's guess. one that even that, that covers a, a lot of other people. But if there's there's less, but it's one gift that goes for you know. But anyway, that that's that's for the future. But all I right, have at least five. Right. Okay, I can narrow it to five if necessary. I, okay, well we'll see how long the episode goes. But okay, um, I was glad you said just five because I was saying ten. And then I had a hard time getting five. Yep. Same thinking, with me. Thinking of something really good. Wait, you had a hard time getting five? Well, okay. I this ha- was your idea. It was my- <laughs> This whole episode is happening because you wanted to do it. I know, but I came up with less people than I thought. Because a lot of people I'm thinking of, I'm like, okay, they don't need anything from me. They're like super rich or... Yeah, a lot of, a lot of characters, like their story arc is done. So what are you going to get them? You know? But I, when I looked at it, I said, you know what? Let's look at the characters' arc and where they ended up. For for the most part, and for the most part, of this is true. And what else could you put on top of their story arc that would make it pop? Like really, you know, be the thing that that puts it over. And why? And sort yeah. of, you know, that type of thing. Like like for instance, my my son said, he, you know, he's uh, fifteen, and he said, you know, for Smaug. He would give breath mints, <laughs> and it's like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's, good, you know, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's funny. That, it that's, is. that's working. It works. That's a lot of breath mints. It, it. I mean, in, <laughs> or in one reality, really big one. <laughs> in in reality, at the end of the story, Smaug is dead, so the breath mints really wouldn't work. So you'd have to give them to him sometime during the story, which is it's a little problematic. So I didn't go that way. Okay. Well, we'll explain them as we go along then. Yes. All yes. right. So why don't you go first then, Steve? Okay. Yeah. My first one, and this is a, a, a an easy one. But some of them get a little, little, little technical, but uh, I I would give uh, a present to Billy Batson. Oh, good, good. What would, would you give him? I would I would give him the legal copyright to the name Captain Marvel. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. That's good. what I would do. And and whatever he wants to, if he wants to still call himself Shazam, that's Ooh. fine. But he could call himself Captain Marvel if he wanted to. He has the legal copyright to do it. That's what I would give him. That's a good present. That works. Yeah. That works. All right, Ben, what do you got? Uh, let's see. My first one, I'm, I'm going to go with my, my smallest one. My smallest one is I would get new glasses for Captain Kirk. You see, <laughs> he's allergic to Retina 5. That's right. Right you next know, five. Right next five, yeah. And, and so since he's allergic to it, he, he can't take that for his, his vision. And so McCoy gave him a pair of glasses and they got broken in the battle with Khan. And, you know, that's something that could have been taken care of. But then when they went back in time to 1986, he had to sell them to get money because they didn't have earth currency from 1986. And so that's right. he got $200, which – Is that a lot? Yeah, yeah. That's, and so <laughs> I would give him – some new glasses just so that he could read his great big giant book that he got from Spock yeah. War and Peace for, so not, his, for his birthday. Not, not, uh, not, not contact lenses. I mean, no, no, I, th- I think he would pr- prefer the, the glasses. I contact lenses gross me out. Um, okay. <laughs> I just can't imagine people wearing them and I'm glad that I'm not in a situation where I have to wear them. Uh, I'm glad that there is the first step of glasses that would come, 
before having to wear contacts for some, some people like my wife needed contact lenses to help hold the shape of her eye mm. or something like that. I don't know all the details. All I know is contact lenses helped her vision to not deteriorate as quickly. And so I, I don't ever want to wear them myself. So glasses for Captain Kirk. So they haven't eliminated allergies by the time that Captain Kirk is alive. Well, I, so. I mean, there's new allergies to new things. Mm. Yeah. Now there are there were there things humanism. Well, in in uh, Star Trek: Next Generation, first season, they were talking about how someone had a headache, and the, how can they have a headache? I don't know what to do with a headache because we've eliminated headaches <laughs> and that kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, sure, some of that forward thinking that you get in Star Trek says disease is basically gone, but it's not. I mean, let's no. face the facts here. Allergies aren't going anywhere. There's always going to be new things to become allergic to. So you would give him glasses. You wouldn't give him like Retinasks 6 or something like that. Well, I, I didn't know if they've developed with that yet. So this is this. You can make it up. Can we? You could you could give him brand new eye. I mean, you could give him cybernetic eyes. I'm giving him the glasses, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Wow. So when Energy. I when I was coming up with this stuff, I had a hard time. Like I know I came up with the idea, but I'm like, well, what would I, what would I get somebody? So I, I had to put it. I had to give myself parameters for these gifts. So what I decided to do was, I thought of the people who would I most want to invite over to my house for Christmas morning, and just spend the day with these people. So that was my first criteria, and then my second criteria was, I'm just going to get them stuff that I could actually get them in real life with the money that I have. It's something right. that I could actually do. So well, I, I can do that with the glasses. So <laughs> we'll, I, I we'll could, see where I go with that. I couldn't get somebody to copyright for their name, but uh, <laughs> this is this is the stuff I got. So and uh, I'm gonna go. I invited so I invited the people. I'm gonna go with family units here. So I invited the Lois and Clark family unit, and <laughs> okay, wow, to my house okay. uh, to my house for Christmas dinner. And this is the Lois and Clark family unit from the current comic book. So they have a son, ten year old son, John. Jonathan Kent. And uh, I decided that I would get Superman till we have faces because he likes to read books and novels because he's a reporter in the comics that I've read. And till we have faces is a great novel. So got him that. He's also in some of the older comics, a novelist. Yeah. yeah. In the yeah. newer comics, he wants to write a novel, but never gets around to do it. Um, he wrote uh, Lex Luthor's autobiography, I think. Did he really? I thought Lois Lane wrote that. No, he wrote Lex Luthor's autobiography? Yeah, he actually wrote someone else's autobiography. Superman is just that good. <laughs> He's just – that's another power he has. He can write other people's autobiographies. I got Lois tickets to a monster truck rally. So that's number two. Hey, Why? This is the family unit. It's a family unit. <laughs> yes. Because in the in... – So it's a single gift, but it has three things. Yes. So okay. it's, it's Everyone's yeah. breaking the rules. <laughs> Not me. I made the rules. The uh... – so in the current comics, Lois Light loves monster truck rallies and stuff because she always used to go with her dad to these things. Um, it's a lot of explaining. Okay, Steve. <laughs> and Jonathan, you and would get him? I got him fireworks because I was trying to think, okay, this kid's probably going to be bored with like sports equipment. Um, I don't know if he'd like Legos. So then I'm thinking, okay, he's invincible. He has heat vision. He's 10. That's okay. Yeah. So I'm right there. Are fireworks That's, legal in Metropolis? They're legal in Indiana. They're legal in Indiana, which is where we're having Christmas <laughs> dinner. So oh, okay. there we Excellent. go. Yeah. There you go. They're not legal in Massachusetts. That's why I asked. They're not legal in Michigan either. <laughs> which is why there's so many fireworks stores right on the border. That's right. In Indiana. Right. New Hampshire. There's a lot of, a lot of fireworks <laughs> ready to go. All right, Steve, round two. Tempting. What do you think? Tempting. What do you got for us? My next one, I'm going to go with um, a book that was uh, pivotal to me growing up. And, and I don't know if we actually ever did an episode on this or not because we should. Um, I think he showed up in a lot of other things, the main character. And it was uh, the title of our – well, it was the impetus for the title of our previous podcast, uh, the the Phantom Tollbooth Um and the character Milo, who uh, gets he, – he actually goes to this world and it's a world where everything is hyper-literal 
And as a child growing up, I was probably in second or third grade when I started reading this book. <clears throat> and, you know, for instance, he he jumps to conclusions, which means at one point he physically jumps to an island called Conclusions. And he keeps doing this. He, there's, you know, he he orders a light meal at a place and someone brings him rays of light and uh -huh. You know things like that, and he actually and he has to end up eating his words. So he's you know physically has to eat words and stuff like that. So it has all these plays on on words and puns, and and the humor is fantastic. Um, he uh, he meets I mean just so many different characters, so much fun, and at the same time, you as a child, you're learning. There's okay. There's different ways to use these words, and there's different ways to see things. And there's he goes to different places, and it's just a fantastic, absolutely fantastic novel. Um, and he is at, at the beginning of the story. He's sort of this kid who doesn't do a lot, and you know, hangs around and stuff, and doesn't have a lot to do. And he goes to this place and gets this new, you know, lust for life coming out of it. And he he wants to to do stuff now and to be and, and um, I thought a great thing for him at the end of his story, you know, there's not a lot that he needs, but he's an undetermined age in the, in the book. And, you know, you, you could think of him as maybe a 10 year old or something like that. But if he was just a little bit older, just a little bit, and this other character was a little bit older, I would have, uh, I, I would set him up on a date with Alice from Wonderland because I think their experiences together would meld and they would be able to, to share a lot because Alice going through her hyper literal sleeping and, and through the looking glass and all that stuff. Um, and Milo, his, his, you know, literal stuff like that. I think there would, there would be a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, synergy that they could bring to, you know, if they were just friends or if they became, you know, a, a, a couple or whatever, uh, I think that would be fantastic. So a date with Alice for Milo. Well, I just lost my next one because mine was going to be a date with Milo for Alice. Are so, you serious? No. no. Serious? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, but Steve, you know, I own this book and I have never, ever read it. Really? I, I think maybe. The Phantom Tollboot? Yeah. I've never read it. I think that maybe we do need to do an episode about this book. And I've heard yeah. of it. I've never read it. You've, well, good that you've, you've heard good. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. Uh, the date is a good idea too, but the the topic, the the episode topic for sometime, it'll probably be summer before we get to that. But <laughs> you can only hope Alice goes along with this idea. Well, that's well, true. I, I would I would have you know made sure that it was it was okay with, with her at the time. You know, it's setting him up for the blind date kind of thing. Yeah, it's a blind yeah, date. Yeah, and it's a gift for both of them, really, is what it comes right. down to. That's right. So I just get rid of two. All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Not like Evan, who's already on number three. Hey, two birds. <laughs> two birds, one stone. Three birds, one stone. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go back to my childhood, too, then, Steve, just like you did here, and back to something that was pivotal for me and inspirational for me, and that is the TV show voyagers which i've talked about before and absolutely you know the time travel element is there and it's a, about a guy named phineas bogg who accidentally picks up a kid from 1981 i think it is and it's impossible for him to have even gotten there because his omni which is his time travel machine can only go to like 1970 something and so he's not even sure how he's going to get this kid back home to that point in time where he took him away and the other thing that happened was when he went and was and ended up in the play into in the kid's apartment, uh, he left behind his guidebook, which is a history book that has all of human history in it. And that's what he uses to go through time and fix time. So it hit someplace and there'll be the Omni will blink red and he has to figure out what's wrong with the time period right now. And when he fixes it, the Omni starts to blink green. But he loses his book. Fortunately, he has the kid. The kid is there and the kid's a history buff. And so the kid's able to help him. And then they go 
in, into a place where it's, it's where the other Voyagers are, and he's put on trial for all the things that he's done wrong and for also picking up this kid from 1981 or whatever. And they're going to take away his time travel status, but they end up, of course, it's a clip show, but by the end, he's he's shown to be innocent. He's shown to be good at his job. And they say, you can go and you can take the kid with you. He's helpful. And the judge turns around and the kid jumps up on the guy into his arms and says, yay, and bumps the button on his Omni and they <laughs> go away. And then the guy turns back and says, and here's your new guidebook, but they're gone. And oh, because, you know, you reset it's, it's, it's episodic and you reset the, uh, the end of the episode. Everything is fine just the way it was. But my gift for him would be his guidebook. That's I, I'd give him a new guidebook. OK, now, I can't buy this anywhere. So I you know, <laughs> but and I couldn't invite him to dinner since he can't go past 1970 something mm. to get to 2016. But that's what I would do. And yeah. I, I would hope that he would would appreciate it. And by this time, his his buddy's probably a full fledged time traveler himself, an adult. He's doing doing thing. And I've always thought about trying to pitch that to Scholastic because they created the show, hmm. but pitch a new Voyagers series about the adult version of that kid and That'd be cool. a new generation of of time travelers. Do it, Ben. So you you wouldn't you wouldn't give him like a a, a time traveling device that could travel to your time. That wouldn't need a no, no. There's a reason for it. I mean, they there's like time travel rules that they have to follow, and yeah. So I, I I'm I'll just use my own time machine to go back in time past that okay. 1970 mark. Give him Got the it. book, and then I would return. Back. That's practical. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. All right, all so right, Evan. Round two for you. It's me and Shantae and Yumi. We're at our house. And Lois and Clark and John are there, and then the doorbell rings, and my next family unit comes in that we invited over, and it's Anakin and Padme from the beginning of episode three. <laughs> when they're still kind of happy? Yeah. We okay. used our time machine, and we got them, and they're here. And uh, so for Anakin, I've gotten him a book about the sovereignty of God. Good. I don't know, I don't know which book, but it, that's the main topic. <laughs> and just give him some some books by C.S. Lewis. Give him the problem yeah. of pain, yep, your Christianity, yep. and miracles. And he needs to read. Got that. Covered. Yeah. God is in control, Anakin. It's all going to be okay, no matter what happens. In fact, God works together all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Okay, that's another another conversation for another time. Yeah, between yeah. Me and him. Um, um, and then for Padme, uh, I got her some hair clips, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured she could always use more. And oh, right. then I also a comb for Chewbacca. That's that's kind of the, the side gift for her. The main gift is an intervention where where me and my family we come and we sit her and Anakin down with the Jedi Council and we just blow the lid off of everything and we just get everything out in the open and and we talk about our feelings and what's going on. Yep. He's the one Open, the force, honest dialogue. Kill a lot of children. No, no, no. The balance of the force prophecy is now destroyed That's by right. Evan's intervention. Because the force wow. is stupid, and how can the force give you a prophecy when it's just midi chlorians? Right, right. Even if, even if, even if it's just not going to get into this an impersonal thing, you know, it's just an impersonal guiding up. thing. Anyway, there's. I've actually written a comic book about this. Where I do this exact thing. <laughs> Intervention? <laughs> yes, I've written the whole comic. So maybe we could dramatize that. Yeah, sometime. yeah. Forget the comic. Let's <laughs> dramatize it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I got them. And they're they're sitting around the table with us in Lois and Clark. There we go. All right. Well, Steve, round three. Round three. Go. Well, this one is a little esoteric because. I was thinking of you know, like uh, people in different genres, and uh, when I made the list, I hadn't I, I hadn't had a, a science fiction uh, person in here, so I was kicking it around. I was you know, thinking about major characters and stuff, and I said, you know what? I think if I had to get someone something, something meaningful or something. You know, it, it would have to be like, you know, like a, a Jar Jar character or something like that. You know, so, something that I could just like inject some 
change into their character that might bring about some, you know, some some fruit in their life. And I uh, I, I really couldn't come up with anything for Jar Jar. So <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the Jar Jar of the Star Trek universe, Wesley Crusher. Sure. And, okay. And I said, you know what? What could I, you know, possibly bring to his character, or or you know, give him to to mold him into, uh, you know, a, a, a man worthy of his, his lineage, let's say. And, and so you gave him a look at his future of him as an adult and he's wearing the same sweater, but he's about 12 inches taller <laughs> with really broad shoulders. And, Oh no, they really, you know, as forward thinking as Star Trek can be, they really missed the boat when they were looking into uh, Wesley Crutcher's future <laughs> and what he would look like. But, yeah, so yeah. I didn't I didn't go with that. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I went with a a true reparative appreciation of the father figure of Picard. That's and, when you got him. Yes, to to to, <laughs> to enter into his to, mind to put that in a box or a bag <laughs> to tweak it to a point where he understands the how Picard's father figure has taken his father's place because his father is dead. And honestly, and, has taken his mother's place as well. But that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, Picard was what? more of a parent than his mother. I'm sorry. Beverly just did not. Whenever Beverly would try to parent Wesley, Picard would step up and start doing the parenting instead. You're right. I don't, I, 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 if you, if you know better than I, I guess that's fine. But I think encompassing that, Having, you know, in, in some some futures, Picard and, and his mother actually do get married. So there's maybe there's that in the future as well. Who knows? But just to have that father figure, to have that, you know, close bond, to have that that filling in the gap that was left by his father. Um, I think that would truly make Wesley into a hero, into a, you know, a, a a, a protagonist hero instead of just a, you know, a side character. So yeah, that's, that's mine. That's, it's, it's a little esoteric, but a little, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, just a, a, a little foretaste. My, my next one is actually something physical that I could personally get. So okay. the, the next one, the next one will make more sense, but go ahead. <laughs> well, this one that I'm about to talk about is along the lines of what you were talking about there. More along the lines probably, though, of a, with what you did with Billy Batson, where you bought him the copyright to his name. Yeah. And that is, I would give Mark Harris, the man from Atlantis, <laughs> a good ending to his story. Okay? <laughs> and And here's why. I watched through that whole series, and I am a fan of this 70s-era television low rent aquaman i like this character i like the stories there's cheese there's ridiculousness it all abounds because it's 70s sci-fi tv with a 70s sci-fi tv budget that you could see was just fading away as the popularity <laughs> faded away and yeah i mean by by the end of the the season the end of the series really uh, the female lead, you could tell she's just I'm, she's just checking out and then she disappears. And in the final three episodes, she's in the credits for one and she's not in it. And in the final two episodes, she's not in the credits anymore. And in the final <laughs> episode, you could tell they just took a script where she was supposed to be there. And they just crossed out that character's name and wrote in somebody else's name. And it's just a visiting character. <laughs> now, when I say for this, though, I'm saying I want to give him a good ending. And this is because I invested $14 or maybe even $15. It might have been $14.95 in a book written by the guy who played Mark Harris on Man from Atlantis. And his right. name escapes me right now. Uh, Patrick Duffy. Is Patrick that right? Duff Patrick Duff Duffy. Right. Yeah. Yep. Patrick Duffy from Step by Step and Dallas. And <laughs> yeah, he wrote a novel about the man from Atlantis to, you know, revisit the character and just tell these stories that they could finally tell when it's a novel and not 70s sci-fi TV. And I hated every moment of every 
page. It was a pain wow. to read. I, he, he spends the first chapter, the first three pages are about the turning of a doorknob. <laughs> uh, it, it describes what the doorknob looks like and what that must mean for the character who is behind the doorknob because this doorknob has some ornate things. It's just... I can't believe what I'm reading. And then when we finally get some water action and he's starting to go into a third of the way through the book, he leaves our world behind and goes to Atlantis. And he, the whole gimmick is he washes up on the shore and doesn't have any memory, but they assume he's from Atlantis because the computer took all their information and said he's from Atlantis, but he has no memory of anything. And so he gains his memory back by going home. Memory's back. Yay. <laughs> All of the characters, except for his love interest from the TV show who disappeared in the last three episodes, they all die between the TV series and the book. It doesn't happen in the book. It just, they just, yeah, it happened. They're gone. And she disappears and she, they never go back to her for the last two thirds of the book. He falls in love with someone else. And totally, it's just, I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, I became a fan of this guy. In 2015, 2014, I, I become a fan of this character. I'm so excited that this book is happening at this time. And then it this just... This is a recent book he just wrote? Yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> like in the last... Well, he came up with the idea like in 2000, but it just now is being published. <laughs> wow. And the girl, she, she shows up for two pages toward the end of the book where she realizes he's not coming back. And I'm just, wait a minute. You're taking all the things, all the goodwill... And just flushing it into the ocean. And I would give him a good ending. And I know no one else will care. I know there's like five other people who've read this book. And I'm sure there's like three reviews on Amazon about it. Maybe if that. <laughs> but no one cares. There's not going to be a sequel because it's not making it. I, there's no way people are reading this book. <laughs> but I want to give this guy a good ending. And by this guy, I mean not Patrick Duffy. I mean Mark Harris, the character. He deserves more than he got because it's a fun character and it had a lot of potential and they squandered it in this book. There it is. All right. That's my round three. Excellent. So we're in the middle of, you know, Christmas dinner and the doorbell rings. So we go to get the door. <laughs> and uh, who... I love how it's a, like a full, a fully fledged story yeah, yeah. with Evan. It's not just like, you know, oh, I'm getting through the <laughs> It's it's like you know there's a character arc here somewhere. I know it. I like how that all these gifts are things that he could buy them with what he, the resources he has now. Right. But he somehow he has a time machine and he's bringing them yeah. to his house. Like, yeah, you you can't you can't break the, the the rule of you know. I mean, it has to be like uh, the the money that's in your pocket right now. But it could be, you know, anyone from the, you know, the, yeah. the dawn the of multiverse. time to the yeah. yeah. It also could be like a Christmas the miracle, of random rifts in the space time sure. continuum are happening in my right. front door. That's All right. Cool. Anyway, who's coming to your door? All right. So we open the door, and here is Mary Jane and Peter Parker <laughs> from the Ultimate Comics universe. Okay. Not the six one six, and briefly. Uh, Ultimate Comics was a was kind of a redo of classic Marvel where everybody is just starting out from scratch, so there's not as much backstory, not as much continuity. Peter Parker and Mary Jane in this, they're 15, 16 years old, and he is much less of a loser than 616 Spider-Man. 616 Spider-Man, he tries, he's got a good heart, but he's also kind of a whiny baby man. Um, what? He is. He's Have you a, read much in 616? He's a lovable loser. Yes. And he tries. He has this grand story arc. He yeah. does, but he's also kind of a whiny baby man um, sometimes. And okay. anyway, Ultimate Spider-Man goes through so much adversity, and, and he's got an epic story arc too, and he is not a whiny baby man. And he, he they actually kill him in the comic book, spoiler alert. Um, and so, but this would be, obviously this would be before that. Actually, no, it's not because they bring him back to life. Anyway. Also, spoiler alert. But uh, so what I would do for Mary Jane and Peter Parker, their Christmas gift would be they are going to come with my wife and my child with 
with us when we go to Hawaii to visit Shantae's family. And we're just going to let him chill on the beach there for a week and get away from New York and all the crazy supervillains that happen to come up every single week of this kid's life. And just de-stress because this kid has earned a reprieve from all the junk in his life. So uh, They will be supervised, though, because they're 16. Um, nice. And, okay, good. Yeah, we're letting them go together, so we'll be hanging out all together on the beach chilling. All right. There you go. I like it. Steve, start out round four for us. Okay, round four. Now, this is going to be an easy one because I'm, I'm giving, like, something I could physically purchase, and it would be easy for me to purchase this thing. Um, well, that's the easy part. The, the <laughs> difficult part is that it's uh, for more than one person. But still, you know, I could probably afford – I could still afford it. So hey, You've already given salvation to everyone everywhere. <laughs> I know. So this I, I be, think it's okay to give this to a couple people. This would be different. This would be, this would be for uh, like Commander Riker and Deanna Troy, and I guess Worf, and for Han and Leia, and Altera and Commander Adams from Forbidden Planet and okay, Lilu and Corbin, you know, from the the fifth uh, the fifth element and any any people that in are in the movies or in the TV shows or whatever that that seem to have this love for each other and it really started me started getting me thinking with the the fifth element because it's love that is the fifth element it's true it is but by the time you get to the very end of the movie i don't want to spoil it but it's obvious that <laughs> we kind of already did but yeah. the love that they're they're exhibiting is not the true giving love that that fourth love that that uh, c.s lewis talks about so i would uh, buy them all a copy of the four loves and have them read it and there's a a lot of c.s lewis going on tonight there is a lot of c.s a lot of love for c.s lewis (laughs) see all right right. so there you go that it would be the four loves for anyone who thinks they love but it's coming out wrong. It's because in in Hollywood, in TV, in books and things like this, usually sex is the metaphor for love. And it's not in real life. I mean, that's Eros. That's one of the, the four loves. It's, it's a, a mutual love. But it's not that true giving godlike love, that, that gift of that you don't expect anything back for, you know, that's the type of love that should be displayed. And you see it almost never from Hollywood, from TV, from things like that. Uh, maybe frozen was the last time something like that really happened because it was just an all giving thing. And, and, uh, you know, it, it was nice to see it between sisters and things like that. So, um, so very seldom do you see it, and any any characters anywhere that think they love someone else would miraculously get the four loves and have time to read it before they would be able to. I guess I guess it's a little bit more complicated than I thought, but there you go. <laughs> but easily purchased. Yeah. Yes. Easily. Yes. <clears throat> easily and dispersed among the multiverses. Yes. All right. And you know problems. what? Just. As long as you can get their address, just put it into Amazon. They'll deliver it for you. Yeah. That's ha- right. Hot and Lake can get it over the holonet. So. Yeah. <laughs> over, yeah. That's a, on, on a light day. I think I could give it to them. Life day. <laughs> okay. So my next one is something that could be purchased and could be given. I cannot purchase it. It's just too expensive. It's out of reach for me, but not out of reach for, you know, a, your typical rich person, okay? Uh, <laughs> I, you don't even have to be a billionaire for this. You just have to be upper middle class. Yeah. Okay. Multi-millionaire. Yeah. Just now, there is some time travel shenanigans that would have to happen in order to get this to these people at the right time. Wait a minute. Is that is I I, I don't know if I can accept that. Well, we're <laughs> accepting it. And so here's what I would get. <laughs> I would get Quint. A bigger boat. Is that from Jaws? That's from Jaws. I would get Brody, Hooper, and Quint a bigger boat (laughs) so that they could actually all survive 
their experiences with Bruce the shark. Because they very <laughs> clearly state they need they a need a bigger boat, boat yeah. and I'm giving them the bigger boat that they need. So all right, that's, that's, that's a my good, gift for them. Good practical gift, Ben. A bigger boat. Yeah. So we're all we're all still eating. Peter and Mary Jane arrive for dessert, and and then the doorbell rings again. And who could it be but Cassandra Kane Batgirl? And the reason that I have picked her is because this girl just needs a hug, man. <laughs> <laughs> she does. And oh, does your wife know? <laughs> see, I was gonna get her a hug, but I'm like, ah, maybe that's kind of maybe inappropriate. So, what I did? Well, your wife could give her the hug. Yeah, yeah, we could give her a group hug. Um, but what I decided to do was invite her over to spend Christmas with us. We can just love on her, spend some time oh. with her. I know. I'm sorry. I hate that phrase. I hate that phrase. I'm sorry. So Ugh. we can express loving and caring, genuine love. You can show her. her caring. You can yes. show her love. Yes. We will you can't. You don't just love on her. You just love her. Yes, correct. Why, why does she need love? Okay, very briefly. Very briefly again. We've talked about this in previous episodes, but she was basically raised by the world's greatest assassin. He trained Batman for a little bit. Batman quit after he tried to get him to kill people, and basically this guy raised her up in a very abusive way. In a way that instead of teaching her to talk, he just taught her killing lethal ninja fight moves. And used all the language center of her brain for nothing but combat. And so she can literally read your body as it's moving and she can almost predict your movement. So she can take Batman in a fight and she's like 15 years old. She can easily take Batman. So she would predict your hug. Yes. But that's not a problem because she's a good guy now. Right. She's a good guy now. And uh, Batman – she escaped after she had – after she committed her first kill that – the bad guy told her to go do. She had no idea what she was doing. And after she did it, she's like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been training to do. Ah, so she freaked out and left. And then Batman took her under her wing. And then she learned to be a good guy. And then she turned evil for a little bit because the writers were foolish. And then the fans cried out. And so he turned her back good. And then eventually Batman has adopted her as his own daughter, which is the right call for Batman. And so I came up with a bunch of stuff to give her. Like I was also going to take her to Hawaii with us. So she could just chill and have a family time, but her dad's a billionaire, so she could probably go to a lot better places than Hawaii. And so, and I really don't can't buy her anything because her dad's a billionaire, and she probably knows anything that she could ever want. So I just thought some a shopping trip with Shantae. That's a good thing. They can bond, <laughs> hang out, have some girl time. She can get some girlish clothes because she never just has time to just be a real girl and teenage girl and just hang out because she's always out kicking bad guy butt so yep all right hang out shopping trip with shantae and a group family hug (laughs) very good all right steve round five let's go round five well as is my want i'm going to split this into two (laughs) (laughs) Because my wife gave me one. We would expect nothing less, Steve. (laughs) My my wife gave me one that that was really kind of cool. And uh, my my daughter actually gave me one too, but it wasn't. It was was interesting, but it's really sort of niche. You know, it's like a a character that I don't know (laughs) if a lot of us. Have you been listening? Have you been listening to this episode? (laughs) We go niche like about half the time here. Well, okay, I'll, I'll give you hers, and then I'll give you my wife's one, and then I'll, I'll give you mine. Okay. So hers was uh, a character from Gravity Falls, a character named Mabel, who wears a lot of sweaters. And uh, since Christmas, uh, my daughter would give her a Christmas sweater that when you, I guess you touch the tree or something, and it plays Jingle Bells. Now, see, there's someone out there who listens, who likes Gravity Falls, who's going to appreciate that. Yeah. So. We should do an episode on Gravity Falls, because it's fantastic. And it just did two seasons, and it's done. And it's something you could watch and just get done. But it's a it's a really cool cool little thing. It's self contained. Um, it has a huge story arc and a fantastic movie length uh, ending to it. And but, it's Disney. Uh, and it's it is Disney. You're right. But uh, she would give her this this Christmas tree sweater with the with plays jingle bells. My wife uh, went to Narnia, and uh, instead of um, Turkish delight. Because uh, I think this was a quote from her. Because ew, um, <laughs> she would give she would give Edmund uh, a Cadbury milk chocolate bar. Because 
she says that it's that chocolate is God's candy. Hmm. Uh, I guess it's uh, good for you. I guess, stuff, uh, so. Technically speaking, it is. If, I mean, if all, you guys, all candy is God's candy, but yeah. yeah so if you guys yeah, didn't mind, you know, I'd go with her and I'd give Edmund a slap on the back of the head. And uh, you know what I had never thought about until this moment, though. <laughs> I had never thought about this till this moment. Everyone mentions how Edmund didn't get anything from Father Christmas. You know, Peter gets something for Father Christmas. Susan gets right. something. I had never thought that the correlation there is that Edmund did get Turkish delight. He did get a gift. Yep. Yeah. It wasn't for Father Christmas. I had never thought about that until this moment. Yeah, that's why she would she would give him something specifically. Is because he never got anything. Well, from Father Christmas, right? But, right. So that's what that's what she would do. And and my next thing needs no explanation at all. So I'm just going to say it. Luna Lovegood. <laughs> I would I would finally get her the crumple horn snorkak. Yep, that does not need any explanation whatsoever. <laughs> Steve. Wait, your daughter's was niche. <laughs> what that's harry potter that's this is this is one of the biggest things in the world harry potter anyone who knows harry potter would know what a crumplehorn snorkak would mean to luna lovegood all right great except ben? i don't know anything about <laughs> harry potter so well uh, at least i know who luna lovegood is i've heard the name possibly Maybe <laughs> I've heard those words in other. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard those words in some order before. <laughs> Maybe not that order. All right. So here's what I am going to give now. You see, Clark left the party at Evan's place, and he yeah. flew across town to come over. Because he visit. wasn't into the hugs. No, no. I mean, it just invaded his personal space. <laughs> he's into hugs. He, he's just. You, you know, know, he is. So he comes over to visit me, Pam, the kids, you know, um, and I said, you know, here's what I'm going to give you, man. I'm going to give you because you just I know you own this, but you don't wear it. All right. Uh, But this is going to be something a little bit more. A lead lined outfit that also has a mask that covers your head. (laughs) And now when all those jerks say Batman can beat you. With a kryptonite ring, he can't. The kryptonite yep. does not affect you. When you're wearing now, lead. What? When you're wearing lead. Yeah. yeah. He's wearing lead. It protects him from the radiation. Now, the other thing I would possibly give him, again, to just settle this question about who's better, Batman or Superman, is I would give him uh, – well, actually, I would give his parents, uh, Martha and Jonathan, I would give them a billion dollars. <laughs> so that he can have all of those different things that Batman could have, you know, and but also have his superpowers. The playing field is level. They both were born. They both have access to all the gadgetry and all the stuff that makes Batman slightly, I guess, better or something. But <laughs> Now, definitely something. The thing I would give Batman, and I just thought about this, I would give Batman a mouth guard. Just something to cover his mouth. <laughs> because the fool walks around and he says, you know, I've got the bat symbol on my chest because that's the target that they're going to go for, you know, and he's got armor there. But there's two bright spots when you look at Batman. Bright spot number 1, target on his chest, bright spot number 2, his mouth. Which is totally unguarded. Totally unguarded. <laughs> and no one goes for it. I have never seen a villain say, you know what? I'm going to take him out. I'm just going to aim for the mouth. Yeah. You know? Of course not, because then they would win. Exactly. <laughs> Someone's going to do it someday. Batman needs to cover it up. And so those are the two things I would do. Just the weaknesses right there. You know, Batman's weakness, he's human. Superman's weakness, he's got the kryptonite thing going on. You know, in... They came out with a comic book series called Smallville Season 11, Mm -hmm. where they they continued the Smallville television show, and they brought Batman in, in the comic book, and they they give him like a CW makeover, like how would the the CW portray him on screen, and he's got, you know how he has the black eyeshadow on his eyes? Uh They (laughs) They put it all over his mouth, too, so it's not a bright spot. See, 
that's great, but it doesn't do anything about the targeting. It doesn't. But it would make it less of a visible target. You just brought that up when you. I mean, a bomb goes off in front of Batman, and he is fine, except for his mouth. Yep. Uh, And let's not talk about what happens to Robin. Um, Yes, with his head and his. Well, his head is exposed. (laughs) And, he's one big target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got the target on his chest with the R, and then he's yeah. got his head, and then his great big long legs. Yep. There's the targets yep. right there. Um, okay. Dropping the boy target. In the- <laughs> All right, and so I've got uh, my last one here is Lex Luthor from Smallville. This guy also just needs a hug because, man – he could have turned out way better if his best friend Clark Kent had not just lied to him his entire their entire friendship. Lying is bad. It is. Lying is bad, but you know, you he can't, lied a lot. You can't man. blame the whole evil maniacal genius. I can blame some of it. On Clark lying. In that show, Lex sincerely wants to be a good guy. He really does. And he keeps putting his faith and trust in Clark, and Clark just keeps lying to him over and over about everything. And then, you know... It's true. (laughs) And he's got the world's worst dad. He has a traumatic childhood. Yes, that all plays into it. But man, Clark, if you would have just brought him into the fold, he he never would have gone down the path that he went on, ever, in a million years. Clark is actually the villain of that whole series. He is. (laughs) So somewhat, he really is. So, I saw a, one of those list things on Facebook, and it was like heroes, superheroes you forgot ever appeared on Smallville. I it was saw like fourteen that. of them, and I didn't click on it, but I was wondering if number fifteen should be Superman. Like you forget, <laughs> Superman yeah. is in Smallville because he's not acting like Superman. Yes, he doesn't turn into Superman until the last what fifteen seconds of the whole show. Uh, maybe fifteen minutes. Maybe, he you know, he comes out of the fortress. He flies and he saves the planet. They can't. Sh- the costume is the fifteen seconds. No, the, they've shown him the whole costume. They have. They did it with CGI because they, for some licensing reason, they couldn't show Tom Welling fully in the suit. So he's flying around CGI with his head on there. I don't remember it being that long. It, maybe it's ten minutes, but it's not. It's not fifteen seconds. The last fifteen seconds, he does the shirt rip, and then and then leaves out of there. Yeah. But, well, uh, anyway, Clark. Yeah, I would give Lex a hug. He could spend Christmas with us. We'd show him some love. And maybe we'd get together with Clark, and I would just blow Clark's secret in front of him. And that might actually be a good gift for Clark as well. Yeah. Just get it off your chest, Get man. it out in the open. Get yep. it out in the open. No more lies. No more lies, Clark. And I would have to explain Lex. Like, Clark wants to tell you, but <laughs> you know, don't be mad at him for keeping this a secret. He's just super, super paranoid about this thing. So he just needs to loosen up a little bit. Um, he didn't even tell Lana. He loves Lana. Yeah. There's a lot of problems with that show. <sighs> there's also some good stuff with that show. Yes. But there's a lot of problems with that show. Without it, we would not have the superhero TV that we have today. So, thank you, Smallville. Ten years. Ten years. Ten and years. And Batman shows up in the comic book. Yeah. And Wonder Woman. Angry <sighs> Lantern. That's frustrating because Green Arrow should have been Batman. Yes. That relationship was custom built for that to be a young Bruce Wayne. That would have been so amazing Mm -hmm. if it had been. And in my mind, whenever I'm watching it, that's that's the relationship that I'm that I was looking at those those final few seasons. All right. So that trilogy of Batman Dark Knight movies ruined it for a whole bunch of things. And by final few seasons, that means the last six seasons of the show. Well, is that when he showed up? Yeah, like season five, I think. Yeah, but he didn't feel like Batman so much. I mean, it, it was, I think, the finale where I'm just like, oh, if they had just done Batman in this episode, it would have been such an amazing payoff with the whole. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's our lists of five and some extras from Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did have one extra that I did think of just because of the, the gift that Evan gave me of Snake Eyes. I would give Snake Eyes plastic surgery. And Does he have a deformed face? Yeah, that's why he wears the mask all the time. Oh. It was blown off. Well, in the comic books, it was blown off in Vietnam, uh, like helicopter exhaust. And anytime anyone looks at it, they're just, oh. Uh, is that also why he can't talk? Yep. Yep. 
So there's that. But we have some other ones because we this this episode was wrapped around a concept uh, that Evan had come up with to let's do this. But then we thought, well, this could be part of a contest as well. Indeed. And the contest was for people by December, I think, 3rd is what we said. December 1st. December 1st, yep. something like that, um, to send us what they would do, who they would give a fictional character. Let's see. How did we say this? Which sci-fi or fantasy character would you want to buy a Christmas present for, and what would you get them? We didn't have very many people uh, answer the call, um, which makes it um, much uh, much closer race when it comes to the gift that we're giving. The gift we're giving is this awesome uh, – and the picture that we have on Facebook doesn't necessarily do it justice, but um, it's this awesome woodprint done by the woodprint shop. Yes, indeed. And it's – it's a picture of from the cover of John Carter, Warlord of Mars, his first novel called Princess of Mars, which is what they could not call the Disney movie because they were afraid that people would think it's about a Disney princess, maybe. Mm. And <laughs> one of the worst Disney princess ideas ever. <laughs> just Princess of Mars. Just take that down the Disney route. I would love to see route. an animated version of that. No, no. This isn't an animated version of John Carter. Just imagine – it's a Disney princess movie, and that's the title. Mm. Where would you go with that? There could be some fun things. They'd have to call it Marsed. Something. <laughs> anyway, it's it's an incredible piece. I held it in my hands, coveted it briefly, realized <laughs> that I would not be able to have this thing. Uh, the whip. Yeah, I know. Cause you, all, uh, you can say that all you want, but it <laughs> happened. So. It was not. Um, the woodprint shop, they take pictures, they put it on, um, rustic wood and they're one of our sponsors for the podcast. And so they were a sponsor behind this contest as well. So we got a couple answers by a couple. I actually mean literally two answers before the deadline, one after the deadline. <laughs> I don't know what we want to do with that after the deadline answer. If we want to include that or not, let's just include it. Um, they but got I, it in before we recorded the episode. I, I just don't want anyone to get mad at us. Well, but we, it's up yeah. to you, Ben. You're well, the leader. What we could do is we could say that if that one is chosen, then it goes back and we have to make a new choice. And if they get chosen the second time, then they get it. That gets a little complicated, you know but we'll – We'll discuss. We'll see what happens when with the winner. But uh, the answers that we got, we weren't going to base these on how good the answers were because that's totally subjective. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's just not something that would be necessarily fair. Although, it, I mean, it could be. I'm sure people wouldn't mind. But we're just going to do random drawing. And so the people are. Um, well, the first one, the first answer that we got was from uh, Christopher Ouellette. and I am not sure if I'm saying his name right. I asked him before. Um, but I don't remember what he said, if I was doing it right <laughs> or not. Uh, he's from a podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about this before. Uh, yeah. he, he's from uh, a podcast called uh, Beware of Monsters. And uh, they, they talk about, well, surprisingly, they talk about monsters and monster movies and, oh, and wow. things like that. And he's actually appeared on the show with some feedback, stuff that he has done. Mm-hmm. And so his answer... <laughs> And you gotta you gotta appreciate the uh, the, the forward thinking here. His answer was, "I'm sure my father-in-law counts as a mythical legend." <laughs> <laughs> and now that I've won, I will give him this woodcut of one of his favorite books. <laughs> so the gift he would give is literally the prize that we are giving. So we'll see what happens. It's the with. gift that yes. would keep on giving if it had the ability to give. Yes. And once again, we're just giving this based on the participation. Yeah, I, I don't not, know. Not I, the fact that his father-in-law is, is a fictional character. I think the audacity <laughs> of the answer. I think the audacity of the answer just makes it just good enough. That yep. it, it fits nicely. It's in. All right. Now, our next answer that came in before the deadline was from Hank Harwell, friend of the show, Mm-hmm. I, I consider him part of the podcast family of the show because he has hosted before with me about the Lone Ranger movie. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's also done some stuff with me for Welcome to Level 7, and he's done a lot of feedback and everything. He says, 
And if he had not said something along these lines, I would have been very, very disappointed. <laughs> he said, I would buy Max Headroom a telepresence robot. Although he can, <laughs> although he can jump from terminal to terminal through the network links, he might find it enjoyable to roll around the newsroom at network 23. And the telepresence robot is basically, um, imagine an iPad on a stand, but the bottom of the stand isn't a tripod. It's a weighted wheel system. Hmm. And so it's basically these the cylinder that the wheels go at different rates and can make turns and stuff like that. And it's meant to be like, I don't know if you've seen the commercials, but they maybe a year, year and a half ago, they did these commercials where this kind of robot thing rolls into a classroom and all the kids are looking at it and interacting with it. Then they show what's on the robot's face and it's a iPad screen and you see a child's face and it's a sick child who's at home. He has a terminal disease or something like that, mm. but he's able to go and interact with his classroom and be there for class, hear the teacher, answer questions. Hmm. And that's the kind of thing that is what um, what uh, Hank would get. And who is this character? Max Headroom is the um, 80s sci-fi icon of the guy. It's basically he's head and shoulders in a t TV screen. And he has like CGI backgrounds floating around behind him. I don't, I don't know. Okay. You'll have to show him a video or something. Yeah. If, if you saw the video, I, I'm sure you've at least seen something that's referenced. Okay. Max Hedrum. It's old. I th I, and but... I think Max Hedrum actually died of a terminal disease. Oh, <laughs> hey -o. <laughs> <laughs> oh That was a joke. That oh. Oh, sorry. I didn't I didn't realize. Yeah. That was a joke. <laughs> I was just laughing at the, the blackness of the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So the answer that came after the deadline uh, came from RC. And he is someone who is uh, – he's from Indiana. He's – again, he sent feedback to us a lot before. And he says, um, though I'm late for the contest, I thought I'd at least offer content. I think a sci-fi character I'd like to get a gift for would be the Silver Surfer. And Steve, he kind of goes along with uh, Billy Batson for you mm -hmm. and Man from Atlantis for me. Okay. I would like to get him a movie with a good script. I mean, come <laughs> on. Silver Surfer. Skip Fantastic Four. Do Silver Surfer. Yeesh. Anyhow, that's who I'd like to buy for and what I'd like to get them. So. Nice. There it is. All right. Our listener Excellent. feedbacks. And, you know, I do think I, I think. I just feel uncomfortable having RC okay. in the drawing. Because he didn't make the deadline. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, and, and he understands. I mean, he, he says here he's late for the contest. So I, I feel better about that as well. So, Evan. Yes, sir. You've written down the names on some post-it notes that I've given you. I have. And I guess what I'm going to ask you to do is pick one up in your left hand and pick one up in your right hand. And Steve... Yeah. I just want you to say left or right, man. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I got to gotta mix them up again because we're in RC's out. RC's out. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why it's one in your left and one in your right. Gotcha. Mixing them up so I can't see. Not that it matters because... It doesn't matter because Steve... He's just going to pick one. Okay, so just go ahead All and pick right. them up. Because... I got them. I got them. All right. So in your right hand, you have one. In your left hand, you have another one. Yes. And Steve, you are going to choose left or right. I choose... Can I get a drum roll? That's a drum roll. That well, sounds like an alarm bell. That's as close as I can do. You're kind of giving your own drum roll. I'm not sure what you're, you're thumping <laughs> on there, but okay. And me, I'm not thumping. <laughs> What's that alarm going off? I hear an alarm. Left or All right? right? Left or right? All right. It's it's left. 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 The winner is Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. In his legendary <laughs> mythical father-in-law. <laughs> the funniest thing is, you know, because he's not bound by any kind of legal obligation to give this to his father-in-law. Right. <laughs> the funniest thing is if he would just keep it for himself. The answer's great. <laughs> but if he just said, ah, you know, I won, great, I'm going to put it on my wall. This is one fictional gift giveaway that could really happen. <laughs> <laughs> and is. So... Christopher, there you go. You're going to get that. 
And we will get it in the mail to you as soon as we get an address from you. Yes, indeed. So thanks, man, for for joining us in the contest. Thank you, Hank and RC. And you know what, Steve, Evan, thanks for coming yeah. over for this special Christmas episode. No problem. And we It was a problem for me because I'm not there, but thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's been nice sitting here with you by the fire, the, the low light. Yeah, the- you know, Steve's just going to destroy the illusion again. <laughs> so, we, sorry. Hey, we also want to thank the Woodprint Shop again for giving us the, the item for the contest. Thanks for sponsoring us also. And, uh, and then Merry Christmas. <laughs> now, were we going to mention Tiny Hands? Oh. Oh, yes. Tiny yes. Panda. Tiny Hands is also uh, sponsoring this episode. Tiny Panda Threads. Tiny Panda Threads. Tiny yes. Hands is the missionary group that my friend went to China with. Well, <sighs> Tiny Panda Threads is also loosely affiliated with China. So I can see how you, you get that. No, uh, India. I went to India. Never mind then. There's no to... good excuse for it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm just all sorts of mixed up right now. Well, Evan, take it away. Wow. If you like comfortable shirts Hey, you should check out Tiny Panda Threads. Uh, it is done by Zach Nelson and his little sister, Gigi. Gigi comes up with the ideas for the graphic designs on the t-shirts. Zach brings them to life. You can check them out at tinypandathreads.com or Facebook. Uh, find them on Facebook. They have a cool Facebook page. And uh, their shirts are super comfortable. And a portion of the proceeds goes to One Sky, which is the organization that saved Gigi's life um, by enabling her to be adopted out of China. Um, by the Nelson family. So awesome. Good cause, comfortable threads. Check it out. All right. So Steve, Evan, yep. you have any final words as we finish this episode? I do. You know, I, I sometimes I try to come up with something funny, but, uh, you know, we, we lost someone today and, and I'm just going to say rest in peace, John Glenn. Oh yeah. I saw that. He's, you know, it's not science fiction, it's science fact, but without him, who knows? You know, Star Trek might not be around, Star Wars might not be, science fiction as as we know it would be different without, you know, having that first step into space. Mm. Well, first American step into space. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to say, Clark, Lois, John, Peter, Mary, Annie, (laughs) Padme, Cassandra. Go home. Um, <laughs> you over there, your name escapes me at the moment. Lex, that's right. I love you, buddy. Don't take the fact that I'm You know, he just turned into a villain because yeah. you forgot him. <laughs> I knew your name. It's all it over was now. Just, nice I'm sorry. job. Um, thanks for coming. We so appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoyed your gifts, and we'll see you next year. Merry Christmas. And all I have to say is thank you, everyone, for listening, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Are your pants on fire in there? Is that uh, what it is? It's that's how open this fire is. Yeah, is that it? <laughs> I totally got my pants in on it.